0: So in terms of tax season, I've, I've always wondered, so when do you guys get your first real hit of business for tax season and, and what sort of carries you through? Is it busy from January all the way through April? or?
1: Well, actually... Most of us, most tax preparers, I know we do, we've always scheduled our appointments. We, we're not sort of a walk-in place mm-hmm. to say, hey, uh, I have my W-2s, can you do that? Uh, right. No, we schedule appointments. Our regular clients usually get started around the middle of February. Okay. Most documents will not be back uh, well, in the hands of the uh, consumer mm-hmm. until around the middle of February. And if they have anything interesting and out of the ordinary in regards to investments type statements, that could even be as late as the middle of March, because by law they can get out some of these like K-1s for partnerships and different things. Right. So, regular clients, we can get those scheduled in. according to our schedule Mm -hmm. and then and working it out usually they like to come in the same time they did like what the same day of the week and the same time like last year so that's the easy type of uh, scheduling for us Mm -hmm. and then if we're picking up new clients we uh, explain our process to we uh, have them to come in and we do uh, go through explaining how we do our processing and how we charge them and so forth and see if they want to a lot of that we can sort of screen over the phone too and if right. they decide to come in for an appointment we will email them a checklist mm-hmm. of things to bring and what they should have gathered already and, and so forth to, to, to come in okay. and by that time they'll say oh yeah we we sort of shopping sometimes you know they're just sort the of shopping out mm-hmm. there and then we could have a bunch of questions that we just ask them to clarify to say uh, what do we do, what do we charge, all mm-hmm. of those types of things. And, mm-hmm. um, they would determine if they wanted to come in for an appointment. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, you would encourage people to come in and, and get professional assistance yeah. versus doing it on their own. <laughs> and so, what are some of the reasons why it's, it's better to, to have
1: professional <clears throat> help? Uh, most of the time, we know a little bit more about the laws, and particularly the new tax law that was actually passed at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. But for individuals, most of those provisions did not come into effect until 2018, so all of 2018 was just ended. Those types of things, the clients are not going to be particularly up to speed on those. Right. And some of the business things were retroactive to like, like September, September 2017. Mm-hmm. So, business uh, types of de- deductions and things that were in the new tax law became effective. The fourth quarter, 2017, Right. most of the things that impacted individuals did not take place until 2018. Right. So all of those uh, fine details in regards to what do they qualify for and what do they not and how mm-hmm. it's going to look, most people would say, well, I won't take something that I don't really know about. I'll just do, uh, and it takes them, like, quite a while, I, w- I would imagine, to go through and figure out the new the new forms and so forth, but a professional, we know the the ins and outs. We know what is there, and plus our software gives us an advantage in terms of saying we can go in, uh, do some scenarios and say mm. what if this or what about that. That right. you have something else that you did not bring in last year? Mm. Our current clients we we, we are pretty uh, pretty good about what we're looking for because it should be something similar to last year. Right. But the new people. We spend time talking to them to say, uh, what is new, what did you do, and really bring us p- three past years of tax returns mm-hmm. so we can sort of look to see if there's some carry forward types of things sure. to keep in mind. Okay. So we help uh, clients... Start understanding their financial position too. Coming to a professional, but well, we take the time after mm-hmm. we prepare the tax return because uh, most professional offices our are blocks and so forth. We all electronically file, mm-hmm. but even when we electronically file, we bring the client in, give them a written copy of their tax return, plus sit down and explain to them mm-hmm. where their tax situation is. So they can start understanding what is the impact, what was helpful, what are some of the things that they might want to do differently mm-hmm. for the new year. So oh, okay. we spend time helping our clients. Professionals will take the time to help. We are sort of like a um, a place that we just churn out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, returns we like to do a little bit of helping our clients to s- help them think about what their financial situation is now and where it might be next year five years down the road sure. whatever that goes So just get them thinking not just mm-hmm. living for the moment the okay. eh, situation so okay. that's why a professional will help bring about and know what does apply and what not. And then if we don't know something with their own particular situation, we can do the research a little bit faster too and I think come up with the right answer or at least an answer to explain Mm -hmm. what it is that we see.
0: Okay. And then so one of the big reasons that we're doing this piece is there are so many changes that are now coming into effect mm-hmm. when people are filing their taxes for 2018. Yeah. So what are some of the big changes that are affecting um, the every, everyday average person? Yeah, I thought
1: you might have wanted to add something similar to this. So this is what we call a concept piece in in, in, in one of our uh, financial planning. So I I, I printed this out, and you can keep this one too uh, these are the major changes that are coming into effect for 2018 for individual and, and so forth. The personal exemption that we used to have is no longer there. Mm-hmm. There's that huge type of, uh, uh, the standard deduction is supposed to take over for the personal exemption. Mm-hmm. So for um, single people, the $12,000 and $24,000 for married, filing, joint type of tax return. Of household is 18000 as opposed to the 12000 which is for a single individual. Mm-hmm. So, these types of changes here, they're overall limitations based upon where your income is, dealing with your AGI, but a huge, huge piece is the fact that uh, you could only have local, state, and local taxes of $10,000 for married filing jointly, or 5000 if it's married filing separately. Yeah, uh, we can still be okay here in Michigan, mm-hmm. and so forth. But some people, if they have like property taxes, as well as their, uh, if they have a huge income from the wage, because right. their uh, state income tax withholdings is part of that whole tax number. Right. So if that is up there, and you and you have a, a, a larger home here here in Michigan, you're going to surpass that ten thousand in. No, no time at all. Mm-hmm. So there used to be no limit whatsoever. Whatever it is, is what it was. Right. Uh, type of situation. So that's going to hurt uh, high wage earners, people who have oh, a, a, a little bit more than modest size mm-hmm. home, and Sorry. where the property taxes is high. Mm-hmm. But people in states like out east, like New York, New Jersey, uh, California, uh, where they have high property taxes, eh? in addition to having more um, state withholdings because of higher wage earnings, they're going to really be hurt by by this type of uh, cap uh, types of uh, taxes, state and local taxes. And then what are some of the type of things that we're dealing here? Some little things which is is no big deal for for most taxpayers if you were so inclined and had the resources you could give 50% 50% of your AGI, give it away to any charitable, uh, qualified charitable that you do, mm-hmm. that you want to. So they bump that up to say, oh, you can give 60% of your AGI. Now, <laughs> ordinary people, that is not a real benefit for right. them. I, I see. But that's what they did. <laughs> and Let me see here. Okay. Uh, casualty, nope deduction for personal casualty no longer there unless it's federally declared type of uh, disaster area. Mm. Oh here's another biggie. Whoa, whoa. Dealing with mortgage interest. Only yeah. the indebtedness of 750000 So if you have a, a home that's worth a million dollars, Cassandra, you won't be able to deduct all of that interest that you pay. <laughs> Only $750,000 worth. Except, there is a uh, provision here. Something, I think if, if you have pur- purchased it, your home, uh, maybe it's in, from tax seminar or something, my brain, mm-hmm. saying that if you purchase purchased home like in 2007 or something, and if it's over a million dollars, that mm-hmm. won't be affected. But if you're a newer taxpayer, mm-hmm. you, if your mortgage is greater than $750,000, mm-hmm. all of that interest, you won't be able to take the interest that is greater than, 750,000 so <laughs> stuff like that and these are things that, that expired totally okay. these expired these provisions above the line deduction for qualified higher education expenses and that was a, a nice little perk for right. for teachers mm-hmm. and that $250, uh, $250 right off the front of the 1040 right. those little things gone and and so forth and, and what was this um, the qualified uh, oh mortgage interest insurance because what lenders do if you don't come to the table with the higher enough down payment right. then they charge this uh interest I mean this insurance to say Private well just yeah yeah right so but now you, you you won't be with really, uh, that is that is gone it you, it won't be in, included as a deduction they don't oh, get okay. Schedule A and. And non, uh, what was this? Non-business energy credit. Now here, some of my clients trying to do the right thing, be energy efficient, mm-hmm. change out and get different windows that are rated or. Or sliding doors, or or regular doors. Right. That was the, that was an energy credit mm-hmm. available for them, but that was not renewed, and that's not going to help say ordinary oh, okay. people. Okay, yeah. So. And
0: so let's focus on that on the personal exemptions yeah. and standard deductions. So yeah. they they got rid of the personal exemptions, right. which, if I'm understanding correctly, that's the one where you would you would right. have um, a one or a two. It would be like the number of people right. that you can,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then the standard deductions. So. I guess, are they meant to replace the personal exemption, and that's why they boosted up standard deduction so much?
1: Yes, but still, if you had, say, six people, mm-hmm. as opposed to one or two, <laughs> your uh, deduction, your standard deduction, is not going to cover that. You're in the personal exemptions. Because mm-hmm. some people still have you know, large families right. type of situation. So that personal exemption for the number of people in your family, that's gone. And they're mm-hmm. saying they're bumping this up to offset that. Well, hey, if you have a larger family, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you're going to lose out in, in that situation. Okay. yeah,
0: Interesting. So would you say overall the changes that, that have been made in terms of the average everyday person, so let's say families, um, would you say that these changes are more beneficial or more of a hit?
1: I'm saying for a typical, say, let's say family of four, because lots of time we like to sort of standardize things sure. on a family mm-hmm. of four, type of, and one dog or cat or whatever. <laughs> but a family of four, I think it's going to be more of a hit mm-hmm. for people uh, in general, mm-hmm. more of a hit. Uh, some of the lower income people, they're going to pick up. Um part of the higher deduction, or maybe a single person might just pick up on the higher deduction type of thing, right. but in general, I say it is going to be more of a hit for the average taxpayer. Okay. But now, by the time we get through April 15, end of April, and I go back and mm-hmm. look over all of the taxes that I will have done, I thought, well, hey, it's not quite as bad sure. as I'm thinking it's going to be, but I think I'm thinking of uh, the average uh, taxpayer. Mm-hmm going to be uh, relatively surprised by the amount the lesser amount that mm-hmm. you're going to be getting back and if their situation changed slightly the gross earnings changed and the AGI went up slightly I think the overall tax hit is going to be greater for them sure yeah that's that's what that's what I what I see mm-hmm. and if I like I say taking a typical type of situation right. it will not be as beneficial mm-hmm. for the ordinary taxpayer or
0: and then my last question for you is mm-hmm. um, in, in doing some research for this um, there had been some statistics that had shown that people who so it, it you can either take the standard deduction or you can itemize so have you noticed an increase in the number of people who take the standard deduction versus itemize
1: Well I haven't really started taxes yet mm-hmm. but uh, I have sort of uh, casually glanced through my past uh, tax people from last year, mm-hmm. and they were near they were near the border mm-hmm. in regards to seeing what is the standard deduction right so it's here here again until I put the numbers in. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it is going to be pr- pretty close pretty close for a lot of people uh, a lot of them. Where things that really helped out for people to itemize deduct in the first place, they would have had to have a home, mm-hmm. and it's still a relatively uh, new mortgage, say not older than five years or so. So they're still right. paying quite a bit of interest, and then they're paying property taxes, mm-hmm. those two things. Plus, if they have a decent uh, bit of uh, withholding, state withholdings um, from their uh, W 2s, and if it's a 2. Uh, Wage earning family, because mm-hmm. that's somewhat typical now, yeah. then they will be on a Schedule A. This higher deduction of 24000 is around the spot where a typical family would have been with deductions, and plus charitable types of uh, contributions. Mm-hmm. Then they started with the charitable contributions, whereby if y- you don't have enough to meet this max, people have been sort of bunching up. Given right. to their favorite charity church and so forth mm-hmm. one year and then not giving anything the next year right. So which you know, will be very impactful on budgets sure. for churches and other non who like to say we need a steady income stream rather than right. feast or famine right. <laughs> type of situation because they like to delve out any grants like they a community foundation and things. They Mm -hmm. like to say, we'd like to give out a steady amount (laughs) for types of grants rather than say, "Uh uh-oh, we got money this year, we'll give out grants. Next year, not so much. (laughs) We won't give. Right. Can't give as much. So all of this is somewhat of a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And until I go through this first tax season to see the real impact, but I don't think it's going to be uh, as beneficial for ordinary taxpayers. Okay. I don't think so.